Welcome to Backlog Dialogues, the podcast that digs you out of your backlog before it buries you. I'm John, and joining me as always are the hero and Baymax to my dark Baymax. That's awful lot, Baymax. Too many Baymaxes. There's, it's only two Baymaxes. Q Axel. Two. <laughs> two? According to my sensors, you have too many Baymaxes. <laughs> <laughs> the Baymax DRM will only allow one copy of the, the software to run at once. Even people's personal projects got DRM stuck on now. What? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so, yeah, uh, today we are going to San Francisco, which is based on Big Hero 6. Let's talk about Big Hero 6. It would, You would say this is technically the first Disney movie, as in specifically from Disney Animation Studios, that's adapting a Marvel comic. Yeah. Um, Big Hero 6 is, from what I understand, the original comics is it's a science team of heroes. And I think that's like the only thing that really carries over into the movie. Basically, in the original Big Hero 6, the Japanese government created a team of state-sanctioned heroes. Oh, like My Hero Academia. Yeah, it's not really fully tech. You you have a few characters with, like, uh, mutant-type powers. Mm-hmm. So why do we have this crazy San Francisco-Tokyo fusion? Uh, because it was very visually appealing. And probably because a lot of the animators live in San Francisco. I don't know if they've ever said, like, a specific reason for the connection, but... The idea was that this is an alternate version of San Francisco's history where the great 1906 earthquake led to an influx of Japanese immigrants who helped rebuild the city, creating this new uh, fused culture and therefore was for the renaming. Wait, that's just the plot of Rose Guns Days. <laughs> hmm. Also, the great earthquake is definitely a Umineko uh, connection here. No, it's a Rose Guns Days connection. I thought the Great Earthquake was how Kinzo, the, the Ushiro Mio family, originally lost its wealth. Can't make that reference. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it's a 1906 earthquake is the greatest loss of life in the national disaster in all of California's history. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's honestly kind of surprised you didn't have some sort of huge change to the city from it like, like this had almost. I mean, it changed <laughs> a lot of their architectural standards, is my understanding. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the Japanese architectural standards for large buildings are pretty crazy. That's why well, their their buildings are are so earthquake resistant. But I mean, San Francisco sort of like invented the earthquake resistance. Uh, yeah, yeah. Things. So basically, they took the a, a simple Marvel team with a Japanese aesthetic and style to it, and kind of created. Let's make a whole science hero kid team out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And honestly, like. I know very little about the original comic. I, I think they've like changed even some of the names of the characters around. Yeah. Like Hiro Hamada, we was really like Hiro Takahashi or something like that. It wasn't it wasn't an alliterative name. Yeah. It's funny considering Marvel, but the movie that Disney did put out, what was it, 2015? 2014? It was late 2014. Yeah. Absolute banger. One of the best movies from Disney in the last 10 years. Oh, I just read a really funny anecdote on it. Go for it. Apparently, it has a post-credit scene, which actually pushes the Stan Lee cameo. Oh, yes. Apparently, one of the creators said, we weren't going to add it till we sat in on a viewing a bit of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. We were horrified to see all those people sitting here waiting for the after-credit scene. Imagine them being disappointed by ours. <laughs> oh, wow. Kind of a funny way of seeing how the filmmaking style has been affected by things like that. Yeah. Marvel's really, like, affected the after-credit scene thing. But at the same time, I'm also like, Nina Mars was kind of doing that before, though. <laughs> Aren't they called stingers? Yeah, I feel like Kingdom Hearts did more more for stingers in video games than any other series that I can imagine right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of thinking Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, 
I would say that's the infamous one. That's just like a single voice thing, not like a whole. Uh, here's an extra cutscene. All died a hundred years ago. What? <laughs> <laughs> Metal Gear Solid Two is so fucking good. I love that Metal Gear Solid Four. I swear the writers must have stared at that scene for like hours and said, "Fuck it." It was all bullshit data they had. Yes, <laughs> so good. <laughs> I just love that. It's like people's like, is it a zombie White House ghost? It's like, no, they just got tricked by by uh, by a viral spam. Yeah. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 4 is not my favorite Metal Gear Solid game, but it is art. Metal Gear Solid 5 sucks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I said I'm very attached to Big Hero 6 because honestly, stories with strong sibling elements can be very yeah. easily attached for me. And this one, I said mm-hmm. it has a very strong and sad relationship at its core. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, so because this uh, game world is sort of like a follow up of sorts to the original Big Hero 6 movie, what is the basic plot of Big Hero 6? Basically, you have a kid, Hiro Hamada. He's gifted, but very lazy, sullen and kind of spending his time making robots for illegal robot fights. Yep. And his older brother in college, who looks after him along with along with their aunts is worried about him, so he introduces him to his tech school because Hero kind of always assumed school didn't hold anything for him. Mm-hmm. And Hero was inspired by seeing all the uh, all his all Tadashi's friends and all the projects they're working on. So he creates basically a type of what basically nanotechnology, though a little more simplified. It's a bit, it's a bit bigger than nanotech, but it is. Uh, yeah, I would call it a simplified layman's version of it because they're more like yeah. they're more like living Legos. Yeah, modular robot swarm. Yes. Yeah. At an expo where he impresses everyone, including Tadashi's uh, mentor figure, there's suddenly an accident. The, the lab explodes with both Tadashi and the, and the professor in there. So Hiro obviously goes into a deep depressive funk, pulled out of it by, by Tadashi's medical robot Baymax, and the realization that somehow someone stole Hiro's tech and realized there's a good chance I mean, that accident wasn't an accident. I think that's a pretty good and that yeah. he ends up making a bunch of technology for all of uh, Tadashi's friends. They all get to be superheroes. We're not going to spoil the whole damn movie. Like that's a killer setup for any kind of fun superhero movie. And mm-hmm. it's it is a very fun superhero movie. And it has a few good twists to it. Super science positive. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's that's like the biggest thing about it is that it is one one of the very rare movies nowadays that is like unambiguously positive about science. I really like films and media that manage to do that without seeming to be a PSA. You know what I mean? One of the reasons I really like Mythbusters is that genuinely it got a lot of kids, including me, more interested in science stuff. My hope is that Big Hero 6 did that, too. Yes, and that's my hope as well. And you've not actually seen Big Hero 6 yet, right, Matt? Yes, that's correct. Basically, you have very little of context going into this world when you played it. What did you think? Uh, before we go into anything. I thought the characters were pretty charming. I didn't know what to expect about the movie, but overall, I really liked the characters, though I could tell that there's a lot of stuff that I'm missing about them with sure. from the from the film. But I got a basic idea of from what yeah. they did with them. All right. That's enough preamble. Let's actually get into it. So let's head over to San Francisco on our gummy ship. We open up on a bridge. It looks kind of like the Golden Gate Bridge run through a Japan filter is the best way I have of putting it. Yeah, pretty much. Once again, as we enter a world, Sora and gang have landed just wandering around, not knowing what they're up to. Yep. Yep. Sora's like, 
hey, we should call Riku and tell him how cool this is. And then, of course, Heartless Attack. Yeah, it, I think that's kind of expected at this point. Don't let your Disney World wander into a Kingdom Hearts game. Otherwise, it's going to immediately be just completely infested with Heartless and you won't have any choice. Yeah. <laughs> it's like even like Goofy's like, we haven't done anything yet. <laughs> As the Heartless Attack, a girl wearing yellow armor gets sent flying. And a boy wearing purple techie armor riding a red robot who calls her Gogo tells the robot named Baymax to check her health. Sora immediately just does the wow, cool robot thing. Yeah. <laughs> Sora, remember our other problem? Yeah. It's like heartless. <laughs> the healer goes, whoops. So Sora, Donald, Goofy introduce themselves and the boy hero introduces his team as Big Hero 6. And we get the San Francisco title card. Can I say that he hasn't actually witnessed Sora and them fighting yet? So these three weirdos runs up. He says, hey, want to help us fight things? <laughs> so my general feel about things is that Kingdom Hearts is, exists on the cosmic power scale. So science heroes are like way, way, way down below that. It seems to reinforce that with this. Yeah. Because yeah. they're getting their butts handed to them by the Heartless pretty badly. Yep. My impression is the Keyblade is a bit of an adaptive power scale. Like it tends to hold back how much power it needs based on how rough things are, which will explain why I can only do huge lasers sometimes. Yeah, yeah. like Keyblades can do in the next few episodes. Which is probably why Xehanort is such a huge pain in the butt, because basically he has his Keyblade bullshit going on 100% at all times. Yeah. It's like the, the more mastered you are, the more you can control the Keyblades. Um, power scale. Idiosyncrasies. My mind just like sort of sorts Keyblades and general uh, Kingdom Hearts magic scale at the same level as like Green Lantern Rings or uh, Marvel's Cosmic Forces. That kind of thing. Speaking of that, we had a little bit of a discussion prompt of what what Big Hero 6's power level is because I hadn't seen it. So I was like kind of thinking that these guys are kind of on the low end of the super super uh, superhero scale. There were a couple steps above being like a street hero like hand-to-hand fighter type like they have be because of their yeah. tech they have some decent abilities but they're still kids like inside these suits like if you mm-hmm. put all the technology together you might come close to an iron man is the basic mm-hmm. idea just mm-hmm. that none of the manufacture weapons in particular so kind of limits that too yeah yeah hero has baymax join us for a fight on the bridge my memory of this fight is Lots of crash cars, uh, lots of Heartless flying around. You get to do a lot of cool weaving back and forth between the cars, shooting at Heartless. You'll do a dodge roll between cars and you'll the screen will slow down. You can fire shots while you're going. through. Yeah, a- you get bullet time keyblade lasers. We got that before in uh, Monstropolis, but like here it re- feels a lot more like this is where it belongs because yeah. it feels like a very superhero-y move. There's a new Heartless on the bridge, the Tire Blade. What is a Tire Blade? Is a little robot guy little circle robot drone and it looks like it has like tires for hands like it kind of has its wheels stick out from two like arm like protuberances it looks like it should be able to move them damn internet brain rot you said tires for hands and my brain just went they threw beans at him oh, <laughs> sorry <laughs> that's terrible <laughs> we're, we're going to throw beans at you john please don't I definitely don't have Christ for arms. <laughs> she keeps thinking chainsaw Christ, but. <laughs> anyway, uh, at, at the end of the bridge, we fight a metal troll, which is a bigger version of rock troll made of metal. 
the metal troll is technically much harder than the rock troll, but by this time you just have so many more tools on your hands than you did when you first met the rock troll in Olympus that he ends up being a pushover. Yeah. I think the main thing is like his armor is more is like more steel and looks robotic. He just has a huge uh, laser axe right in the uh, rock one. Yeah. And so I think what I ended up doing was using shot locks to like rip away his super armor and then beat him to death. This world is more or less just like a series of mini boss fights in a open world uh, type yeah. setting. So the funny thing is, it's got a big open world map, but it kind of keeps putting you on weird tracks within it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Until the very end, you don't really get to explore it. But then at the end, it's a cool little mini open world for Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By the way, I just want to stop here. I have a theory that they're using this world to ex- judging what we're seeing coming out for after three. This world was like testing their cityscape design. Oh, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense to me. Because Quadratum looks to be kind of very similar to this, but based on real life Shibuya. So, yeah. So after the bridge fight, we all head back to Hero's Workshop slash Garage, where they immediately put on the news, which just starts incredibly insulting them. I mean, it's mostly in text, but if you read quickly. (laughs) From what I understand, like the news is just sort of like ragging on Big Hero 6 for fucking up, fighting the Heartless. It's like raising questions about how prepared they are to protect the city. Will another group of crime fighters rise up in our hour of need? In the opinion of this humble reporter, the city's days are numbered. So grab your wallets, keys, kids and pets and get your keysters to the airport before it's too late. <laughs> Wait, is that an actual line from it? I forget. It's actually abridged a little. It's entirely in text on the screen. So I just paused the screen and looked at it. But oh, yes, wow. that's that that's is amazing. literally the last paragraph. I that's just so good. I just really wish we had more news stories added with run, run for your life, for love of God, run. <laughs> yes. Unsurprisingly, the kids are pissed. Oh, yeah. I, I remember Honey Lemon just being like, what the heck is this? No, no, okay. like, like, it's like Coco's like, it's not cool. Honey Lemon's like, people like spectacle, not truth. And Lobby says, like, you can just make stuff up rather than quality reporting. <laughs> and, and, and then they all look at the screen and stare at the view, viewer. <laughs> This is Kingdom Hearts trying to get political. And this is the only time it's going to try it. <laughs> I would like deliberately political. Let's yes, 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 just naturally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, everyone introduces themselves to each other in a good old fashioned Final Fantasy scene. Yep. And yeah, Sora almost lets slip that they've been to other worlds because, I mean, it's Sora. <laughs> I love that Sora doesn't even blink all these characters, these people having weird nicknames. Yes. And then Sora introduces the group as Keyblade Hero 3. Which is the same acronym as Kingdom Hearts 3 because we're getting spicy. <laughs> dead silence. In, Absolute in dead silence. <laughs> like Big Hero 6 just stare awkwardly at this cringy little kid and Baymax offers everyone a hug. <laughs> Hello. You appear to have experienced a cringe from a scale of one to Bochi. How much does your cringe hurt? Gore Sora, but we don't have Keyblades. So we know Sora is still just like a teen. Yeah. He lost a whole year of his life as well as a bunch of memories. So he hasn't had. And, and then he had that whole sleeping thing. Like how much development, like development towards adulthood has he lost? Yeah. Did that do damage to his mind and memories, too? Because it might have like broken his muscle memory completely. Yeah. <laughs> um. It's just a little bit of brain damage. He can still be the Keyblade hero. Now I'm just thinking of that one art meme. That is rude. That is his hair spike. 
You will get brain damage. <laughs> I'm just more thinking of like a Simpsons show. I got Roxas out and without any without any real brain damage. Amage, 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 amage. Yes. <laughs> but yes, this whole scene where Goofy is complaining about about the name makes me think of the whole the whole Looney Tunes bit where Daffy Duck would complain about not getting top billing. Let's be clear. Daffy Duck never deserved top bill- billing. <laughs> Daffy Duck was a second stringer the entire way. I always give Daffy credit because he's completely honest that he's a chaotic, evil little shit. <laughs> he's not yep. trying to pretend to be something he's not. And there's just, there's there's respect to that. <laughs> he's a greedy little troll who either is either selfish or just messing with people, but he's honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was always a big fan of uh, the Coyote and Roadrunner cartoons, and I always wish Coyote would catch the Roadrunner. <laughs> I the think- Roadrunner was the villain. <laughs> I well remember the original series Bible said that Roadrunner a the Roadrunner does never deliberately does anything other than move out of the way and B Coyote can stop hunting Roadrunner anytime. It's entirely his choice to subject himself to that. That's literally in the mission statement of those cartoons. I understand this, but <laughs> I'm talking about five year old me watching those cartoons was just like, why can't Ro- Coyote catch the Roadrunner? He's hungry. <laughs> I feel like. It's like that bit from uh, One Punch Man where the guy said, I always felt bad for all the villains. They always got defeated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, the the one for me was is that the is that the kids were the bullies for not letting the Trix Rabbit have any cereal. Oh, absolutely. One hundred percent. I was just always like, why? What is the problem with letting this rabbit have some fucking tricks? Let the rabbit have tricks. Uh, Lucky, you're allergic. We're trying to protect you, man. <laughs> you're allergic to okay. oats. Let's marshmallows. Be, let's be clear. Oh, no, though. You have celiac disease. You, are, so, I mean, Lucky the Leprechaun is a cartoon caricature of leprechauns, but aren't leprechauns kind of like horrible monster creatures if you actually get into uh, action with lore? <laughs> they're, pr- they're pretty vicious tricksters. They're not necessarily evil, but they're short tempered. They're extremely mischievous and greedy. So you can get you can make friends with them, get on the good side, but don't piss them off. <laughs> <laughs> It's not that Lucky doesn't get Lucky Charms. It's that everyone is trying to get his Lucky Charms. Yes. Yeah, he's being robbed. Like <laughs> maybe, maybe he's being a little bit of a hoarder, but he's still being chased <laughs> and robbed by hungry children. So <laughs> we're filling okay. time because this world's pretty short. <laughs> yeah, yeah we went from Daffy di- Duck to cereal arguments. Yeah, hey. I was going to say now that our digression about cereal mascots is done. Gogo cuts through the bullshit and tells us to explain how we beat these monsters. Sora explains what Heartless are, and while Fred likes the simple setup, Big Hero 6 doesn't have the necessary power level to fight them. In fact, they're literally just saying, we're going to get beaten, and Baymox is saying how the chances of success are 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. They cut him off. Yep. <laughs> so Sora's yeah. just like, nah, just leave it to me. I got this handled. I got this on lock. And Hero decides, no, we all need to train. And so Hero just randomly makes an AR training program out of thin air. Yeah. Well, basically, Fred, the complete weeb, is the one who insists that they need to get new powers as heroes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they need to have a training montage, and Sora is going to help them with that. It's Shugyo. Shugyo. Sora is given this little AR device and freaks the fuck out upon seeing our Heartless. We're lucky he doesn't break it. (laughs) Yeah. I have in my notes, Sora, that's just a shadow. You kill these things in a single blow all the time. Yeah, but it's invisible. No one else is seeing it. He's working. <laughs> uh, Sora gets a brief overview of how training works, and Honey explains it's like a mini game. <laughs> <laughs> As in it is a mini game. Like, um, is that the most on the nose about this that Kingdom Hearts has ever been? 
Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, French is hopping around shouting the one Chinese word he's learned, so. It's actually <laughs> Japanese. Oh, right. I think it's a mis- I think it's like the pronunciation of a different one, right? No. Well, there's uh, no, there's uh, there are different words. There's like jugyo, which means class, but shugyo does actually mean training. So Chinese readings. What is it? Onyomi or kunyomi? Yeah, onyomi is the Chinese readings. Onyomi, they're not actually read like they're Chinese words. Is that the reading for the kanji is derived from the Chinese reading for that kanji. And usually when Mm. you make composite words in Japanese, you use the onyomi. Whereas if it's the single kanji with uh, on itself, you're usually going to use the kunyomi or Japanese reading. I mean, I was just reading something that's like shugyo, Chinese, zhoujin. I used to imagine just the letter, the characters being read differently. How do you spell that? Yeah, some some onyomi are very different than the actual Chinese readings. That would probably be shioshin. Yeah, kind of interesting. Especially since he kind of Fred kind of does like the like the like a Zen pose when he first says it. I think he is using that concept in that in that form. Yeah, it's it is just like yeah, martial arts training. Before we get into it, before we get into the Shogyo, there's an interesting lucky emblem in Hero's Garage. A bunch of coiled Cat 5 ta- cables. Which is fun. I love the, like, how simple it is. I also love that Jared just sent me a random photo today of just stuff in his room. And I instantly went, well, I bet you there's a lucky emblem around here. Because this well, that was a purpose. <laughs> I, I looked down at my desk and some discarded, like, uh, container lids were literally just in the shape of that. I was like, holy shit, my life's a simulation. <laughs> so yeah i took that picture and i put it in our chat you can hear donald or goofy's voice in your head oh 100 percent. oh that's true all the time i hear all sorts of voices oh no <laughs> <laughs> so baymax will also shugyo with us yes uh we fly in on baymax at night for some ring training like it's superman 64 no that's not right <laughs> I think Sonic the Hedgehog also does re- ring training. I mean, Nights of the Dreams. It, there's, there's just plenty of those now. Superman sure. 64 is the easy joke version. Yes. So the city is a big flow motion playground filled with skyscrapers. As we pointed out earlier, this might be like tech practice for what they might be trying to do in Kingdom Hearts 4. By the way, random comment. The flow motion style where you can literally run straight up buildings makes it so much cleaner than Dream Drop Distance, especially in the world that never was. Yes. Yeah. It's so fun to navigate this world, even if there's not a lot going on. You don't, so you don't get to do quite as much wall running, but the fact you can go vertical very easily really makes that these type of really tall maps much more appealing. Mm-hmm. After the Shugyo, Sora and Gogo have a race, and that's more heartless attack the city. Just be like, so that's sort of like the way this world works is mm-hmm. we train, heartless attack. We train, heartless attack. As the funny thing is, there's a bit of a scene between this, like as he finished the training as the heartless first attack, well, the other characters are tailing and noticing Sora's tricks. Like, Gogo is impressed that he can run straight up buildings. Mm-hmm. And Wasabi sees, like, because Sora's actually using his form changes here. Like, mm-hmm. I believe he's using the shooting star because it has, like, the twin arrow guns. Yeah, yeah. It's so, like Wasabi's impressed. That means like, you can think his blades could shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like this whole scene of, of the Big Hero 6 watching the things Sora does and getting ideas off of cool things yeah. that Sora does just as part of his fighting, which is a cool kind of comparison of what John was saying, that Kingdom Hearts is a cosmic power level, that Sora has all of these powers and they're like, oh, this one cool thing Sora does, I could totally do that if I modified this, this and that. Yeah, like I said all of them together can each do a bit of a Sora. Yep. 
It's um, like, like even Fred's impressed when he starts casting Blizzard spells. Mm-hmm. And so Fred decides to have a weird combination uh, magic. Fire or, and ice antipode thing going on. Yeah. yeah. There's a few new Heartless in this whole ordeal. There's the High Soldier and the Mechanitar. I'm a little bit amused that the Heartless High Soldier is literally soldier that is kind of he literally just has like big claws and a fancier helmets. Mm-hmm. It took us a while to get here, but we got a soldier upgrade. <laughs> yeah. It's basically to the soldier as the Neo Shadow is to the shadow. Except it's, less, it's yeah. more simplified. That's the thing. It's not quite as impressive a jump. <laughs> uh, and the Mechanitar is I like my brain sorts them as being the exact same shape as one of the satyrs. But that's also because the satyrs were supposed to be Minotaurs, damn it. Yeah. They have cannon helmets. They have big screws sticking out of their shoulders. They're, they're, they're the robot satyrs. Yes. And they actually got that right by calling him a Minotaur this time. Thank you. Japanese name, Clockwork Bowl. <laughs> there you go. We get to the top of the skyscraper, and after winning that fight, because we're not done fighting Heartless, a giant Mecha T-Rex Heartless attacks and starts rampaging through the city. So, okay, how do you say this name? Look at this name. Look at this fucking name here. Catastrochorus. Catastrochorus. Yeah. Yes, yep. that is how you say it. But every time you, like, my, I look at it, my mind's just like, that's not a word. <laughs> is the Catastrochorus the song that the end singer sings? Can't make that reference yet. <laughs> <laughs> she's. Uh, I say she's like, I have, I have more taste than that. <laughs> so actually, so as it turns out, the reason why it's called Catastrochorus is that this T-Rex is actually three heartless. <laughs> In a trench coat. It doesn't really look like it. Like it is a big, slightly weird T-Rex. Looks like it has like volcano pot yeah. sticking out and a weird tail. But apparently those are supposed to be two more heartless crammed together. It kind of makes it a three part being. Yeah, uh, that's what the description in the journal says about it, is that it is like three different heartless as one. That is an amazing concept for a heartless that is a one off mini boss. Yeah. It's like a T-Rex with a volcano on its back and a wizard, to be honest, shoved up its butt. <laughs> oh my well its tail is a thundercloud wizard so got it yeah <laughs> got it electric heartless enema got it <laughs> all right then i burned through five of its health bars with blizzard claw waturgas because that's just a thing that can happen as the stages go on it starts trying to get pretty far away through like i think it actually starts climbing the buildings yeah it retreats to a skyscraper when it's low on health and it's pretty easy to get it low on health if you do that like any spells that have that close range mod to them just like get in a huge explosion of power. Yeah, they're really strong, especially with Blizzard Claw, because the Crystal Snow Keyblade is a magic focused close range Keyblade. Yeah. And then when you like like when it's up top of the building, it slumps over the tail sticks straight up and a head pokes out of the, the plunger on the end of the tail with oh, like no. a cloud afro. And that's really, really not making my point any better. No, it is not. <laughs> when you defeat it, you get Faraga. Kind of a staple spell for endgame. I think Sora goes back to them. I can do things better now, too. It's like, wow, this really works. <laughs> Shugyo! That Shugyo, though. After the fight, all the members of Big Hero 6 start texting out their new abilities. Baymax shows up to help us and offers us a fist bump. Sora does not understand the terrorist fist jab. <laughs> Thank you, 2008, for your references. <laughs> I think we did kind of miss that there was like a quick scene of them like upgrading stuff between the two parts of the fight, but that's not a big deal. And so finally, we get to find another metal troll. If it sounds like there's not a lot of story going on, that's because there isn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's this... very it's very nice showing the characters doing things. because They're very vibrant characters. But 
Yeah, there's not much plot going on. In fact, this this particular world is rather short unless you count doing the completion for yeah. all the treasure chests and stuff like that. But at least it's more coherent than Caribbean is. Yes. Like like at least it's telling a at least it's telling a story with parts that are connected to each other. <laughs> <laughs> rather than kind of like doing doing a scene then skipping an entire movie doing another scene. But that's what that's what happens when you're able to actually, you know, tell a new story in a Kingdom Hearts world. Fancy <laughs> that. Uh, on the bridge, we regroup after a successful day of heartless slaying, but we don't get any sea salt ice cream. They don't have it here. Yep. They have noodle burgers. Oh, no, not noodle burgers. No, I would try eating a noodle burger. Uh, the animated series. I feel I wish it was a little bit more popular overall. It was a good animated series. Um yeah, actually, yeah, a little sidebar. There's a animated series that was a follow-up to Big Hero 6 that basically just, like, let it be a superhero cartoon with the mm-hmm. showing the characters as, like, they were from the end state of the movie. It's great. Yeah. I love it. Honey decides that she wants to study Donald's magic, and Donald is into it. But Donald, isn't that going to be poisoning this world's uh, order? Donald forgets all about that if you stroke his ego a little bit. Damn right. <laughs> like Goofy's like, yeah, he loves it when people ask him things. <laughs> so Sora chats with Hero, Gogo, and Baymax about why Hero is doing the hero thing, and he ends up connecting the themes of Kingdom Hearts to Big Hero Six. Yeah, like I, like Hero talked about how he does it for his brother who's gone, and and how they talk about how Tadashi's always going to be a part of them. Mm-hmm. Sora really connects to that so yep. much so that he has a Roxas moment. Yeah, he has a Roxas vision where Roxas reminiscences about Hander Pence and Alent, which just kind of like takes Sora off guard. Yeah, I love that the chocolate ice cream bars are replaced by sea salt ice cream bars in the image. (laughs) (laughs) Roxas is like, that's the only ice cream I've ever had. Yep, because there's only one place to hang out in Twilight Town. So the high high bridge hangout makes him think of the clock tower. That night, a weird mass of cubes fly by. I have in my notes. Oh, no. (laughs) <laughs> yeah hero immediately freaks out they make him think of his microbots and gives him a moment to explain the plots yep. yes i was actually like kind of like surprised about this because they mentioned the mic when i first played it because they mentioned the microbots and then it never went anywhere i'm like okay this must be something from the movie or something yeah goofy the smartest person on keyblade hero 3 knows that this is not microbots well, it's more like he says they're definitely different from Heartless, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hero returns to the garage to look into things while leaving Baymax with us for our assistance. Baymax has already properly learned the Sora Donald Goofy order. Hero marks a spot for us ahead where the weird cubes have appeared versus mysterious cubes. Yeah, he, he seems confident they're not microbots. Like, they definitely are acting differently, mostly because they seem to have... I think it's just because they have more darkness powers. The, the funny thing is that when we first saw these cubes, my first reaction was, wait, are these the bug cubes from Coded? They sure fucking look like it. And they act disturbingly similar. Yes. And I think they have the same symbol on them, too. You almost think that that was what they were going for, but somehow it's not. Maybe, maybe it is, and they just don't spell it out. <laughs> they do technically have something to do with data, as we find out. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but basically, when we fight them, you're fighting a formless mass, so you're just kind of striking through them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we can't hurt it. It fucks off. Uh, so we touch base with Hero and Hero tells us that there's a core in the cube cluster that we need to destroy, which like if you think about it, that's 
more or less how any of this kind of monster is. It's basically the same thing as which angel is it in Evangelion? I don't remember the angel number numbers. Uh, um, the, the D8. The D8 is the one I'm thinking of specifically. Oh, kind of. The D8 doesn't really transform except in rebuild. Uh, it's more that just like all angels have a core. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking of the D8 one specifically. I mean, Ramiel, the Ramiel, the fifth angel from the original series, a different number from the rebuild where I lost track. <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> we need to stipe it. We need to take all the power from San Francisco to fire a giant railgun at it. It makes sense that a giant mobile mass like that would have like a specialized control. Yes. Like it would yeah. have like a, it would have like a uh, antenna. <laughs> no, don't hold it by that. That's its antenna. That's very rude. You are kind of obsessed with that meme right now, John. It's amazing. I love it. <laughs> By the way, I kind of fascinated. It's only taken minutes and every other member of the team is in trouble. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's right. All the other Big Hero 6 members that are in trouble in the city. Fred has decided to name them Dark Cubes. It is a theme that Fred insists on naming everything. As a gigantic nerd and comic book reader, he's very obsessed with memes and tropes. Yep. Also, his dad is Stanley. Stan Lee as a as a Golden Age superhero. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, we fly to the city to help the others. Honey Lemon is stuck in a web of dark cubes. She has set up a bunch of chemical compounds that react to magic, and you have to hit those with a specific magic that's it for you. Like, as you describe them, what happened is you, you're in the big open map, and there's basically icons where everyone is, and they have, like, they have, like, dropping health bars, so. Yes. Yeah. Weirdly, it never, like, went down f- to such a point for me that it was a problem, even on critical mode. It felt close with the last couple because I was struggling a little with the uh, tra- traveling again. Valid. Yeah, I was I was having trouble finding the Dharma ball. So, base, so basically, Honey Lemon, like she's got she's dropped traps everywhere. And if you ignite them with your magic or you strike them, it, it cause explosions, breaking the web that's holding together an essential hub. Mm-hmm. Wasabi then, is trapped in a ball of dark cubes that can be broken from a dive strike from above. Yeah, he's got to get super high up and do your flying drop. Fred is in a park being drawn and quartered by dark cubes attached to lampposts. You got to spin them out. Yep, you, you get the lampposts and you do a flow motion attack to to knock them off of that particular post. Yep. Finally, Gogo is in a ball of dark cubes that is katamariing around the city. So you have to counter katamari it with the giant Daruma ball that you used during Shugyo. You didn't mention why it earlier. Why is there a giant Daruma ball anyways? It was on top of one of the buildings at first. Yeah, you knocked it down for training. That's a little weird. <laughs> training that well, I thought only happened in a virtual world. I'm not sure. I mean, this thing is unclear. Story tall, and you're just rolling around the city. Yeah, they converge to a single location, and we go there to fight them. But before we can fight them, a cloak guy appears, and Sora recognizes his voice. And of course, it is Riku. I don't know if that's an of course. Maybe it's Journal Q. Maybe he's pissed. Yeah, like that was my first reaction when I got here. I was like, Journal Q? What the fuck are you doing, buddy? (laughs) Oh, no, he's full of more bugs and now they're coming out of him. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Riku complains about an experiment and he pulls a combat program ship for Baymax and throws it into the dark cubes. And now we get to fight the dark cubes. (laughs) Funny thing is, that is a very it's a very specific plot point from the movie and it should be stuck in a hyperspace corridor kind of connects the kingdom Hearts thing where it's like if it's in a hyperspace corridor is that kind of like the lanes between yeah they just opened up a pugas pugas portal and grabbed it on the way through yeah that makes sense i can buy it i like that sora like he literally say it's his program so i was like programs 
<laughs> just imagine little Trons in there, probably, because that's the word he's heard. True. Yeah. Little oh Trons gosh, running around. Inside Baymax. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is Tron uh, the inside out of a computer? I was... <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say that that you can't prove that there's not little tiny trons inside of Baymax running around operating him. We need to do the, the, the Tron, the Tron test. Well, no, it's, it's, it's the uh, devil Tron proof. Yep. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's not so fight with the dark cubes isn't hard. (laughs) It's a little annoying because you have to wait out several of the, the the, uh, phase changes. It only is vulnerable when the core is visible. But it's not hard. Nah. Yeah, you basically just have to have to avoid its attacks until the 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 core shows, and then you just beat up on the core as hard as you can until it goes away. You only have yeah. to take like two or three rounds of it. Mm-hmm. You destroyed the core. Surely this world is over. It is yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, the the, uh, the chip falls at ground while Hero wants it. Uh, angry Dark Riku takes it instead. Yep. Yeah. Sora's just not, like, not, wait, not, is yeah. this the real Riku? <laughs> like. <laughs> Sora's so confused right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Sora, this guy's a year younger than the guy you know. Different heights, different hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Goofy has the galaxy brain idea that it must be an uh, a Riku from the past that's been possessed by Ansem back from the time when Riku was on his full darkness bullshit. Can yeah. I say this Goofy and Riku exchange is great? It's like the coat really means he's with Organization 13 and that means he's not really Riku. And <laughs> you look, we defeated Ansem and Xehanort, every last one of them. But still, they all came back, right? So maybe this one came back, too. It's just great. Goofy's just covering the plot for anyone who's confused. <laughs> Sora remembers the plot of Dream Drossistance to counter the time travel suggestion by pointing out that Re- this Riku has a body. But yeah, by the way, Dark Riku actually says, unlike a wizard, you know, I have to play by the rules for time travel. Yes. <laughs> What the fuck is Merlin? God damn it. <laughs> what the fuck is Merlin? <laughs> He's the actual string pillar here. We learned that Xanort has used replicas for all the bodies of his time traveling organization members. And I have in my notes, is this replica or a time traveling Ansem coup? Or is there even a difference at this point? I mean, <laughs> technically. <laughs> they may, I don't know. I might just be back saying on a scale of one to ten. How much does the darkness smell? And Riku curses him out. <laughs> <laughs> Riku declares that replicas are as real as people now. True. Yes. Sora's like, great. Bye. It's like, no, we're not done. Sora tries to get to leave and Riku, a monster who is trying to make Coded more relevant, says that they're trying to re- recreate a heart from data. Sora has this wonderful little line. There are hearts all around us. You only have to see them for them to be real. Without love, it cannot be seen. We can't make that reference yet. <laughs> yeah. So Hero starts demanding to know where Riku got the chip, and Riku says, eh, I'm not done with it yet, and he leaves. Yep. Portal, Pugas portals away. Baymax suggests that we regroup. And no one's happy. <laughs> Even his friend tries <laughs> to celebrate. Yeah. Fred's like, Yay, we won. And we're like, Well, that kind of sucked, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and Sora's just like, what is up with this Riku? I feel like Donald and Goofy should at least bring up the whole journal coup thing. Honestly, at this point, I'd argue it just confuse him. Yeah. <laughs> so while there's, while there's, and honestly, not even at Sora's fault. Well, there's aesthetic similarities. 
it's a pretty big stretch to assume that the coded Riku really would connect. Mm-hmm. Then we get this tiny little scene with Pete and Maleficent in the city. It's pretty great. They're just wandering through the city and dark and our dark Riku pops up. Why are you snooping around? That would be none of your concern. Overstep and darkness will consume you again. What an interesting thing to say. I shall do anything I please, as should you. Oh, I intend to. Who's he? Friend of yours? Yes, though I could not tell you from when. Maleficent's like, look, I'm not going to keep track of the tide travel. That's for lesser people to do. Yes. Honestly, it, 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 it wouldn't even give her any benefits, so I don't blame her. Yeah. Yeah, she's just like, okay, this is not the current Riku. This is just some time travel bullshit going on. And we're explicitly not caring about this this game's plot. So, <laughs> you know, with, with every scene I interact with, I'm more and more pleased. I'm not trying to get involved with this plot. This seems like some <laughs> rank bullshits. <laughs> oh, but come on. It seems kind of fun. No, damn it. No. Sit. <laughs> oh, no. Stay. <laughs> Wait, is Pete a dog or a cat? Uh, he's supposed to be a but, cat. I, <laughs> I think. I mean, I feel like he has to be a cat because he's Mickey's rival. Yeah, he's. Let, let's just say he's a critter. I think he is a cat, but he's one burly, big-faced cat. Yes, <laughs> he's a critter. Let's put it that way. A lot of Disney critters, you can kind of like tell what animal they're supposed to be, or, and sometimes it's even in the fucking name. I think Pete's like uh, related to the Warners. Really? <laughs> you might be onto something. It's just as ambiguous. Yeah, they yes. are ambiguous, uh, vaguely cat-like animal things. Yeah. Except this one, this one was hired by Disney instead of by Warner Brothers. <laughs> cat, dog, maybe a bunny. Cat, dog, cat, dog. That's no. that's different. That's very different. Yes, it is. <laughs> that was an extremely different cartoon. I remember watching it and being like, what the fuck is this? I've watched more of it than was probably healthy for my brain. <laughs> Nothing exactly wrong with it, but I think it can warp you because it's weird. It's weird. This can warp. <laughs> I think that was sort of like the starting point of me being done with Nickelodeon cartoons. I do think I do think it got into the gross out era a bit much. And that kind of was annoying. And that's also why I never watched SpongeBob. So you can blame Cat Dog for why I never watched Spongebob. Funny thing is, Spongebob reversed the trends. It just kind of goes for for a long time, went for weirdly earnest. But it also has that weird gross out close up thing that it always does. True, but it didn't do as much with like with like hairballs and farts and other bodily humor things. <laughs> I think the Cat Dog era, yeah. like Ariel Monsters, all that kind of did was less less enjoyable for me. The weird cartoon that I enjoyed from that era was Courage the Cowardly Dog. Oh, but that's dude. Cartoon Network. Yeah. Yes. As I was moving away from Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network was starting to have their big cartoon cartoon boom. Yeah. Yes. Sora, Sora meets Fred. <laughs> Fred is very impressed with Sora's hair. <laughs> then Fred a gets spiky, naughty. Yeah. A spiky hair. From the, from the, from oh, no. My eyes. And how could I help but realize that I wanted to be naughty? Oh, that's terrible (laughs) Uh, yeah fred's voice is very very specially done it's hard yes whoever they got to do that was very good at making that work bass a very very low bass my ad yes Hmm. anyway 
Back in the city, we are immediately facing off with the dark cubes again. And Riku is just unimpressed with the sum of our hearts and decides, we have enough data. Let's make another Baymax. <laughs> but he's like, you know, yeah, original character do not steal. I'll just steal the original character then. Yeah. Yes. He pull- so here's the thing. Uh, the Baymax that we have been traveling around with is actually the second Baymax that was built by Hero. To not go too deep into the plot, the original Baymax took out his like chips and memory, gave him the Hero, and then pushed him out of a portal that was collapsing. So yep. like his mind and memories went with him, but his body was left behind. They pulled him out of the hyperspace prison. Yes, yep. the lanes between. That's totally where Baymax ended up is the lanes between Kingdom Hearts' canon. <laughs> yep. I mean, it's way more psychedelic and shimmery than those dark fogs, but okay. Cubes end up making an edgy, dark armored Baymax that Riku declares is absent to heart. Like he's 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 got Baymax's red armor turned to a dark brown gray. And for some reason, I think it's because arguably that Baymax had launched his rocket fist with Hero. He has this giant claw hand made out of dark cubes like he's turned to Hellboy or something. <laughs> it's actually kind of fantastic design. And right before the fight, he has this line. You can't have a heart without sadness, without loss. You see, you're going to destroy Hero's friend right in front of him. Mm-hmm. So we've got to stop this Baymax. Let's fight Dark Baymax. Can I say I kind of love the theme of this time around that all the villains know um, Sora's heart is my power stuff. And you're like, yeah, we know. That's why we're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> like Zigbar saying, yeah, it's strong, but you might blow yourself up. Or you hear saying, yeah, that's why he's fighting you. That's useful. Yeah, <laughs> I, that does seem to be like the general theme of whenever organization members interact with Sora here is they always are just like, hey, we know what you're going to say at the end of the story. Yeah. And while we can't say you're wrong, it still doesn't mean that we aren't thinking about it. Yeah. And so like they're basically like trying to argue up their own counter argument, basically, to what we all know Sora's going to say at the end of the story. <laughs> and the, the, also they're kind of trying to use it against him since they had pretty good success with that in Kingdom Hearts uh, Dream Drop Distance. If it only weren't for that meddling dream eater. <laughs> What, Riku? Yes. Different Riku. <laughs> How many Rikus are in here? Are there any other Rikus I should know about? Meow. <laughs> All right. Everyone's done that SpongeBob joke in Kingdom Hearts. I don't care. For multiple characters in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I know. Uh, so anyway. We start the fight against Dark Baymax and Interceptor Wing, which is Sora and Baymax's team up ability. And I think we spent the entire fight in there. Yeah, like we, we start as we start as a rail shooter. Mm-hmm. Basically, like we're chasing Dark Baymax on the path there. So like we're avoiding uh, we're avoiding his attacks and firing back at him. And eventually mm-hmm. about a third away through the fight, I realize you have to hold down the button to rapid fire. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Yeah, honestly, this fight is fun. It, it is, is fun. pretty fun. Yeah, I like the the rail shooter phase. And then once you do enough damage to him, they land. I mean, throughout the rail shooter, like dark cubes are dropping off, forming energy webs, uh, charging you. So and you're doing lock on attacks as well. So it's just really uh, just this fun, energetic fight. And then he finally turns and faces you in midair. I do want to point out Baymax being a medical robot has a healing ability they didn't use on a cooldown. And you better believe that I used it. This also technically makes it the best non gummy ship shooter level in all of Kingdom Hearts. I diagnose you with zero MP. 
<laughs> like, so remember all the complaints I had of the fucking flying carpet stuff in Kingdom Hearts 2? <laughs> I'm like, this feels like a perfect way to fix that. Just give me a command that heals, please. This is a very enjoyable single fight that lets you try something new. Yep. It's a bit repetitive on critical mode because of the way the damage works, but you build up situation commands. It's still pretty fun. Winning gets you Aeroga. Yeah, like basically like you put together your situation commands, I believe, like just start doing die bombs on Baymax. Yep. Yep. I was just laughing because eventually Dark Baymax sprouts Black Angel wings, and I'm just like imagining one winged angel starting to play for no good reason. Baymax. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Worse, I'm just I, I I'm not clever enough to do this on the fly, but imagining Baymax voice clips cut into it like it's the like it's that DK rap version I saw on YouTube. Oh, uh, auto! I need to hear that. No, not auto. Just Baymax. Just Baymax cl- clips like a. Um, I am Baymax, babe. <laughs> yeah, just instead of the Latin <laughs> chanting. On a scale of one to ten, how much does it hurt? I, I don't even I don't even have I don't have the right meter, but that's what I'd want, you know? Yes. Yes. I need to hear that. If we're ever lucky enough to get a big enough audience, please, somebody, please, yes. someone make that and send it to us. I don't care what year it is. If it is fucking 2030 and you have heard this episode and you have the skill to make that kind of thing, make it and show yes. it to us. <laughs> uh, one one week, one wicked balloon. All righty. Uh, after the fight, Dark Baymax is broken on the ground in stasis. Yeah. Like here literally says he just has a power saving mode if he overstresses his frame. Mm. Makes sense. Yeah. Hero thinks we need to destroy the ship and the rest of the team is just like, no. This is a little strange to me because it's like for some reason they seem to think that ship is Baymax personality. But I will say in the movie, explicitly on only the combat ship, Baymax is silent and a berserker. So. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Still, like, I think part of the thing is that this experiment made an- another Baymax beyond just the yeah. uh, that. And like Sora even points out that that ship is Baymax's heart. So and I think that's sort but, of like co- a- a- agreeing that, hey, the experiment worked. They also say like Baymax, but he also like points just like Baymax is right here. I mean, I get the theme. It just seems so strange. It's like a, a kind yeah. of a weird version of it. Fortunately, we can fix Baymax anyway, and now we have two Baymaxes. Sora wants one. Baymax, talk to yourself. Hello. Hello. I am Baymax. I am Baymax. Oh, no. Are they <laughs> in an NPC loop? Well, you remember how Baymax path finds? Like he just does a little shuffle t- look and turn. They just keep bouncing off each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's it for San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah, basically, I said Sora's like, I... I Kiro even mentions, like, I can't repair this Baymax with you, and Sora's just so disappointed. The keyblade we get from here is Nano Gear. It has one form change, the Nano Arms. Nano Gear is probably my favorite keyblade, post because I couldn't be bothered to do the uh, special quest for the final one. Basically, Nano Gear, like, it has a cool look of, like, Baymax's armor over Microbots with a little evil face, which is from Hero's first robot in the movie as its keychain. Mm-hmm. And its form change basically goes in the full microbot shape shifting form. Like it just. Oh, yeah. It's a really cool looking keyblade. It, it, it makes a giant fish to shoot enemies. It, it makes a grappling hook that grabs on, pulls you forward at that. It's got great range. And I just really love using it. And it even uses little portals for like its uh, strike attacks and, and its shot lock. Uh, shot locks, speaking of, are cubic stream and zone connected. Zone connected. Once you connect enough attacks, like basically it forms little portals 
next to Sora and all around the enemy, and they just get impaled by by Nano's blocks from all angles. That's like, pretty cool. He just shoots blocks at him. Let's complete the city a bit. There's actually a lot to do around the city after you're done with this. There's a lot of treasure chests that you probably didn't get because it's such a large area. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of just like fun little thing. You can run up some poles to like look at signs and, mm-hmm. you know, advertising things. It's all fun. You can rail grind on the barricades on the freeway. You could be me and never find the map chest in this world. So constantly being lost. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like right there. Where? At the start, when you get there. Which part's the start? I mean, I just go through the the save points. (laughs) Like, if you leave from Hero's Garage to the south part of the city, it's right there. Huh. This always happens to me. Uh, Lucky emblems. So there is bushes only visible from a giant chef statue in the shape of a Mickey head. There are some spotlights that can only be seen at night. I like the one at the very top of the tallest building where you you stand on a pole and you can look down and see it. I think you actually have to stand on one of the blimp, like the blimp wind collectors. That's Uh another one. Yeah, there is a one. There's one that's on a blimp. There's one on top of the tallest building. I don't like consider those to be the stamp ones to be like interesting ones because they were just like, here's a stamp in an interesting location. Yeah, it's relatively it's a relatively fun location. Like those wind collectors are pretty iconic to the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is a forced perspective one in a tunnel and a forced perspective on some stairs. If you've been diligent in collecting all the lucky emblems, this is the last world with them. So uh, if you've collected them all and no matter what difficulty you're on, congratulations, you're going to get the secret movie at the end of the game. I think for 90, you get like like a Mickey item. It's one of the best accessories, if I remember correctly. It is. I use it a lot. So on the roof of a building, there's also the Muskmelon Fantastic 7. Why do we say melons? Just just randomly, I laugh in America that they didn't like the word muskmelons. So the uh, the growers association that markets them uh, calls them honeydew instead. I don't know. Bojack flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Same. <laughs> Why is it every time cantaloupe comes to a party, honeydew thinks it's invited too? <laughs> Basically, you got to bounce on these guys. Oh, yeah. You got to bounce on these guys without touching the ground. It's. I would say probably the most fun of these. Just like an interesting little puzzle of bouncing along on plans. The prize is the, is the extraction extender command. Also, I'm pretty sure that if you've completed all the Fantastic Seven with a uh, high rating at this point, you'll also get an Orcalcum Plus. Mm. Yes, that is correct. And also, finally, you can do more Shugio for completion purposes. It's just important for the journal. Yeah, you get you do better scores, better times, something like that. Yep. I forget exactly what times or scores you need to get a little Mickey emblem, but yeah, that's all it is here. And so we we spent so much time talking about cereal and I still feel like this one went by fast. It did. <laughs> yes, that's all the Disney worlds in Kingdom Hearts three, guys. Wow. And did Sora actually accomplish anything at them? He did nice stuff meeting people, but he do a single step towards his goal. He Not never really. he never found any hints towards the power of waking or anything like that. No, he just sort of naturally level ground back up to a uh, end game level, more or less. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. The world was like he did the actual thing of getting strong, which is fight a bunch of heartless to gain levels. <laughs> it should have Rico through them. Should be level 80 by now. <laughs> Again, Sid might as well have just said, go, go get some XP, kid. Yep. Get strunk. Fight bosses and get and get like more armor slots. Yep. <laughs> Next time, the countdown begins. We have entered the road 
to Keyblade Mania. So until next time, I'm Matt. I'm John. I'm Jared. And remember, a good story is best enjoyed with friends. Thank you for listening to Backlog Dialogues. If you're enjoying our deep dives and discussions, be sure to leave a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice. If you're really enjoying our deep dives and discussions, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash backlogdialogues. If you'd like to hear more episodes, you can find our archives at backlogdialogues.com. Special thanks to Eli for our theme song. Kingdom Hearts and all associated trademarks are the property of Disney and Square Enix. Please support the official release. I picked up Advanced Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp because high school John was very nostalgic for Advanced Wars. And I just found myself wondering, what does it say about me that the only, like, military strategy game that I find compelling at all is one that looks like a, a bunch of toy soldiers? And is yeah, super I was saying that the, that the remake... Well, Advanced Wars always has been. The, the remake really plays up the toyetic aspects of Advanced Wars, which I like. Oh, yeah. It's so cute. I love it. It's so cute to be rolling in with all my tanks and battleships and bombers and laying waste to my opponents and sealing all their bases. That's slightly war- That's slightly horrifying. <laughs> How? Omochikari. <laughs>